Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Sermons podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.crossroadstw.org. Well, it's really good to, um, to be with you again, Crossroads. Obviously, I, I wish I could sort of reach through the, um, through the cameras and, and hug each of you personally. I, I've really missed being with you. You know, this really isn't how we, uh, how we planned it or definitely not how we thought we would um, sort of end this, this season of our ministry with you. But, you know, I'm really grateful that we have um, social media, we have opportunities to be able to do this, and, and you know, most of the churches in our area are communicating to their people in the very, in the very same way, and so I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for you, uh, Crossroads. Obviously, um, today is a little, little emotional for me, just from the perspective of um, the fact that this will... <clears throat> really be sort of the last sermon that I preach here. And uh, next week, Vicki and I will spend some time just sort of talking to you and uh, reflecting upon uh, 27 years. But I, I sure don't want to miss the opportunity to teach you some stuff like hopefully we've done for a long time from the Word of God, because I think it's applicable and practical for each of our lives. You know, as we sort of walk through this, um, this season, um, as I said, it sure, sure isn't the way we thought it was going to look like, and I'm trying not to be selfish, but I, I really would have loved to have been with you. And by the way, we'll come back and we'll, we'll spend time with you. And um, so this isn't like um, by we're moving, but um, so we, we will be back to be able to celebrate with you. And I'm really excited for you and I'm excited uh, for Pastor Marcus. Obviously, it's going to be a very interesting time for him as well to start off his ministry sort of in this very same setting, setting behind cameras and, and then it being sent to you and you watching him. But it's going to be great. And Vicki and I are good. We're blessed. We're blessed beyond measure. Um, we're looking forward to the days uh, ahead. But um, I'm, I'm grateful for today. You know, this week I was talking with somebody. I was 10 feet away from them, by the way. But I was talking with them and they just made the comment. And I thought it was quite an interesting comment. They said, you know, this is, this is really the pits. I got thinking about that statement. This is really the pits. And, and it wasn't that I necessarily disagreed with them, but I got thinking about, about that statement, what it means to us uh, physically, what it means to us emotionally, what it means to us spiritually. And obviously, I began to think of a, of a biblical story, one of my, one of my favorite stories in fact, it would be odd if I didn't tell you, as I've told you for 27 years, this is my favorite story in the Bible, but it's the story of Joseph, and many of you are aware of that story. But coming out of that question, isn't this the pits? 
here's, here's really sort of what God, what God laid on my heart. And, and I think this is very practical for us today, and that's this. So, so what do you do? What do you do when you find yourself in the pits? I mean, if this is your reality, this is real life, this is where we are, what do you do when you find yourself in the pit or in the pits? Do you um, feel sorry for yourself? Do you, uh, and by the way, I have, do you have a pity party? I've done that one as well. Um, do you become discouraged? I've been there. But, you know, I, I've, I've worked through those, and uh, let me tell you why. You know, for a long time, I've, I've really been very, very blessed to work with some great people. I could just go down the list and name wonderful staff members that really contributed, contributed to our ministry here. Oftentimes, I'm the one on the stage, and people will recognize me, but I got to tell you, if you don't have a good staff, you're, you're not very good. You'll never really accomplish much. Um, being a pastor of a church is not a one-man operation, and I've been really blessed. And You know, we oftentimes tease about Pastor Stan, and, and so that, that question, isn't this the pits? And then me thinking about what do you do when you find yourself in the pits, when it's the reality, it's sort of the lot that you've been given during this season, I, I, thought of, I thought of Stan. Because Stan has oftentimes made, well, he's made a lot of wise statements, but one of his statements is, you know, when, when uh, things aren't going good or when life throws you a curveball, you fill in the blank. But he would say, either you become bitter or you become better. So to answer their question that was asked me this week, Pastor, isn't this the pits? Um, no, because I choose, I choose to live a better way than the bitter way. And I think we really see that in the story of Joseph. So if you have your Bibles at home or your phone or your tablet or whatever, I want you to turn, very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, I, I did think about saying to you all today, you know what, I'm going to start in Genesis since it's my last sermon, we'll go through Revelation, but I didn't want you to turn off your phone. But we are in Genesis, and, and chapter 39 is really going to be the focus of our teaching time uh, together uh, today. And um, so so turn there and, and just keep your your fingers nimble there. And we're going to look at chapter 37 as well. Just read a little bit about that. But in, in chapter 39, <clears throat> it's like I'm sitting here waiting for you to turn, but you're not in here. So probably you're much quicker. So in chapter 39 of Genesis, sort of gives a little bit of the story of, of after, quote, the pit experience with, with Joseph that I'm going to read about. And it talks about the time when, <clears throat> after Joseph had been purchased, and he was, uh, he was living with Potiphar. Potiphar had, had purchased him. And there's obviously a few little things that happened in between the pit and Potiphar. But 
you get the gist of, of where I'm headed. So it says in verse one of chapter 39, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Not a great place to be. Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the, the captain of the guard. Uh, best way, secret police, secret police. So he could have, probably a rough guy, could have had somebody, um, had their life snuffed out. He was that kind of a guy. So Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, he brought him from the Ishmaelites, we'll read about that in a second, who had taken him there. And then I think this is really the key. And this is what, what I want you to think about and, and focus on with me today. Yeah, it, I guess it could be the pits. We're not together. Um, I mean, we can't even go to restaurants anymore. You can't be in groups of 10 or more. So, you know, you could begin to think about those things and, and you could become very depressed but I want to remind you of something, and it's found in verse 2 of chapter 39. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. So I'm going to give you a little, back, little bit of backstory. I think it's important. Plus, you've got time to listen to me today. You're not going anywhere. So you know in chapter 37, and you can... Turn back a couple of pages to chapter 37. Um, Jacob had, I mean, Joseph had 10 older brothers and he had a baby brother named, named Benjamin. Um, but Joseph, um, Joseph was his dad's favorite. And I, I think it's interesting. And I want to point something out. As chapter 37 begins, it said, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. And then this is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, pay attention to that. He was 17 years old when all this happened, 17. So junior in high school. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he, he brought their father a bad report about them. And so he's a dreamer and he has these dreams and you may know the story. If not, you have plenty of time to read this this afternoon. But to try to put it in context, Joseph actually became his, his father's favorite and so much so that he, he, uh, he gave him a, this quote famous robe, robe of, of many colors. And, and so his brothers became incredibly jealous of him, okay? So you get the picture. Um, <clears throat> Joseph, 17 years old. He's sort of been the favored, the favored child. Things have gone really good for him. You might say the first 17 years of his life was really good. Let's hit the pause button. You know what's going on with us today in our culture, in our city? It's much like what the first 17 years of Joseph's life. Because when you think about it, what, what we're experiencing right now, a global sickness, typically for us, we always talk about that in terms of what's happening in a third world country. We'll say those, those people, we'll see it on the news. 
So something bad is happening in, a, in another country. I'm not saying that individually we don't go through seasons of, of, of challenge and difficulty, but for the most part, let's be honest, our lives have been pretty blessed. We've never faced anything like this. We've never walked anything like this. I mean, this is unprecedented. When's the last time that you couldn't gather in groups of 10 or more? When's the last time you couldn't go to a restaurant? I mean, there's just so many things that <clears throat> are, are foreign for us. And in some ways you might say, we've been like the, the, favored, the favored children. But do we think we're better than anybody else? I mean, why not us? Why shouldn't we be walking through this like everybody else? And so I, I just wanted to point that out that oftentimes this, quote, pit that we're in seems like everybody else faces it, but we haven't. But now we are. Now we're in this together. Everybody, everybody's facing the same thing. Everybody's walking through the same thing. So, favored child, dad gives him coat, he's a dreamer, has these dreams, ticked his brothers off, and actually his dad as well. And so now we come to this little section there in chapter 37, it says, now his brothers, verse 12, now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, so Israel, that's his dad, Jacob, he was called Israel, said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I am going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to them, go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they're, they're grazing their flocks? Well, they, they have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard him say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers. Now pay close attention. So Joseph went after his brothers and he found them near Dothan. But they saw him in a distance. And before he even reached them, they plotted to kill him. So you may think you have a dysfunctional family. No way. So here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's, let's kill him. And let's throw him into one of the, the pits or the cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Well, Reuben heard about it and said, you know, we don't, we don't need to do this, et cetera, et cetera. And so, but they went on, verse 23. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of this robe, you know, the favored child, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him, they threw him in the pit, the cistern, the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. And then check this out. And then they sat down to eat their meal. They threw their brother in a pit, then didn't even bother him. And they sat down to have a meal after that. Um, pretty, uh, pretty sad. Well, bottom line, they, they pulled him out of the pit. He was, he was sold to some Midianite merchants as, as chapter 37 goes and then eventually he was he was purchased by Potiphar so that brings us to chapter to chapter uh, 39 so here, here's what I want to talk to you about 
today and really try to be very relatable to, to what we're walking through because I do see some of the, some similarities, especially as we think about, do you feel like you're in the pit? Well, the, the answer would be, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to become bitter, angry, frustrated, disappointed? Are you going to be better? And you see, uh, we have that choice. Even as you look around you and you don't get to go out to Sunday lunch today, maybe your, your stocks have been similar to mine. By the way, don't ever receive counsel from me on when to retire. Um, so the question though is, are you, are you going to be bitter? Are you going to live? Because this is our lot right now. I mean, we're, we're in this. You, know, you don't get to escape it. You don't get to go on a trip and get away from this. So are you going, are you going to live the bitter way? Or are you going to live the better way? You see, Joseph, he chose, he chose the better way. Obviously, you know what I'm, what I'm encouraging you to do is to choose the better way. Let me, let me explain that. I think there's three things that really jump out in this story that I want you to grasp hold of today as you're just sort of sitting around with your family. And th that is that God, God protects us by his presence. God doesn't... God doesn't always protect us from the circumstances that we face because it'd be very easy for us to say, God, where are you? I thought you loved me. Why am I going through this? Uh, why have I lost 30% of my retirement? There's no place in the Bible where it says that, that, that we're immune from going through the same thing that everybody goes through. But there is a big difference. There is a big difference between a Christ follower and someone who has chosen not to follow Christ. Yeah, we, we experience the same thing. And God, God doesn't necessarily protect us from the circumstances of life. But this story teaches us that God protects us by, or he protects us in those circumstances. And he does that by by his presence. I think that's really, really huge, the presence of God. So I ran off some verses of scripture that I, that I really hope that they're encouraging to you today. Because I think this is what we need. This is what we're looking for. So what do I cling to? What's my hope? How do I make it through this stuff? Larry, you just said God will, God will, protect us by his presence. Absolutely. Listen, listen to these verses of scripture. And by the way, I, I've been camping out in the Psalms quite a bit. I encourage you to, but Psalm 99 says, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Wow, isn't that rich? Then the 27th Psalm, for in the day of trouble, 
He will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. I like that. Psalm 46, one of my favorites, I think I I used it in my little devotional that I post on Instagram uh, this week, but Psalm 46, God is our refuge and he's our strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. And if I could really encourage you to to read, meditate, memorize something, it'd be Matthew chapter 6, uh, 25 through 34, and in Psalm 46, 1, what I just read. And then this last one about his presence, Psalm 138, 7 says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will preserve my life. I just want to remind you that you're not in this alone. And my fear is that we, we become so bitter um, that we actually miss what God's up to. And so when you, when you choose better, better meaning, you know what? This is my lot for life. This is what's going on. There's not anything I can do to change it. But I will choose, I will choose a new attitude. I will choose to believe that God's at work. I will choose to believe that God never wastes an opportunity to grow me up, to be more like his son, Jesus Christ. God will never waste an opportunity to allow me to bring glory to his name. And by the way, you were created for his glory, not for your comfort. I'm sure you really enjoyed that one today. But I want you to choose better. I want you to um, have an attitude check. And and I think here's the second thing that this story really teaches me. And and it's, it's this, not only does God protect us by his presence, but God protects us from ourselves. Protects us from ourselves. I mean, Think about this for a moment. Joseph's biggest problem in the pit, when he was down in the pit, his biggest problem was not his circumstances. His biggest problem was himself. So our biggest problem right now is not our circumstances of what we're walking through. Our, our biggest problem is, our, is ourselves. And, and here's, here's what, I, what I mean by that. It's really about our attitude right now. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's not fun, but what are you, you going to do with that? What are you dwelling upon? What are you thinking about? You see, the better way is a right attitude, but the bitter, the bitter way is resentment. You know, you're, you're angry and you're mad. and I can't believe I'm going through this. Again, why, why not? Why not us? We're no better than anybody else. The better way is selfishness. Um, I mean, I tried to go to the grocery store. You probably went to the grocery store. and I mean, people are nuts. People are acting crazy. I, I just... Just so disappointing. Um, 
very selfish, very self-centered. It's all about me, you know, to heck with everybody else. And, and the bitter way is to feel sorry for yourself. In other words, a pity party. I shared with you my message last week, if you watched it. I had a real pity party for myself last, last Thursday because I, I knew that I wasn't going to get to preach live last Sunday. And it was a bad day on the stock market. But hey, it's a bad day every day in the stock market. So I'm getting sort of used to that. But, uh, but having this pity party. And so here's what I would want to say to you. If, if we live the bitter way, if you live the bitter, B-I-T-T-E-R, if you live the bitter way, you, you're actually digging your own pit. You're digging it. If you live, if you live the bitter way, you're going to miss what God is up to in your life. So God, he protects us by his presence. He, he protects us from ourselves of, of this attitude. And so we, we dwell on things that are good. We think on things that are, that are pure and right. We think on, well, go to Galatians 5 and, and look at the fruit of the spirit versus the fruit of the flesh. And you'll see how the fruit of the flesh um, actually become, is being demonstrated by so many people today. But look at, the, look at the fruit of the Spirit. Think about the Holy Spirit impacting you with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and long-suffering. Ask, ask God to do that. I mean, that, that changes your attitude. So it changes you while you're in the pit from being bitter to being better. The last thing I'd want to share with you today in this story is, is this, that, and I think this is the big one. And this is probably what everybody's asking. So what, what are we going to learn from this? I mean, I know God's active and what are we going to learn from this? And, and the third thing is, so not only does God protect protect us by his presence and not only does God protect us from ourselves and bad attitudes he gives us attitude checks it's called con conviction and he he, he helps us have those come to Jesus meetings but thirdly God protects us for his purpose his purpose this is the better way you see God was at work in in Joseph's life preparing him for something much better. You know, Joseph's body may have been in the pits, but his spirit did not stay in the pits. Joseph didn't understand everything, but his trust, but his trust in God was unshakable. You know, one of my favorite passages of scripture is Proverbs 3, 5, and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him, acknowledge God, and he will direct your paths. I think that's how Joseph was living. And then the key, which I read a few moments ago, verse two, the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph may, has, may have lost his coat, but he never lost what was under his coat, which was his character. And you know, if, if all we have is our coat, if all we have is our possessions, if all we have 
is our stock. We're going to be lost. But you see, inside of that coat of Joseph was character. And his character was being formed and shaped and molded for something better. I, I don't know this, but I, I, I can speculate that Joseph must have one day just decided to sit down and think about his life and what was going on. And, and I, I think he must, must have said, you know what? I'm going to make the most out of this mess. And you know, that must have been a day that, that would have set him free from negative, pessimistic thinking, anger, pity parties, feeling sorry for himself. Because we know that he became faithful. He became the best servant there was. He worked hard. He was diligent for Potiphar. He was honest with Potiphar, even though Potiphar's wife was, you know, that story. So Joseph made up his mind. This isn't how I thought it would turn out. This is not how I thought things would go. But you know what? By God's help and by God's grace, I'm going to be everything I can be for God's glory. I will be the best I can because the Lord will help me. I'm going to make the most of this because Jesus said that he will never, ever leave you or forsake you. I'm going to make lemonade out of the out of these lemons because God will give me the ability to do so. This is my reality and I'm going to be the best for God in this situation. Because in all honesty, it's not hard to trust God and love God when things are going really good. But when, but when you choose to trust God, when things are not going the way you thought they were going to go. Actually, what happens is you position yourself for God to reveal his glory and not your greatness because you were created for God's glory and because Joseph chose the better way. I love this and I'll finish with this. It's in verse, verse three. Because Joseph chose the, the better way Potiphar actually saw that the Lord was with him. To me, that, that may be the most amazing verse in this whole story. So here's this pagan guy. Here's this worldly guy named Potiphar. And by the character and the way that Joseph lived his life, when things weren't going the way he would have chosen. Who would have chosen for your brothers to throw you in a pit? Who would have, you know, chosen to be put in a dungeon like he was? But all along, God was at work. And even Potiphar said in verse three, when his master, that's Potiphar, when his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Sort of second in command there. Now, once you think about that, Joseph never said, hey, Potiphar, God's with me. 
hey, hey, Potiphar, God's blessed me. It was actually the other way around. Potiphar said to Joseph, and he didn't even believe in God. He said, the Lord is with, the Lord is with you, Joseph. The Lord has blessed you, Joseph. Okay, so here we are. It's not the way we designed it, but it's, it's where we are. So we're going to choose to be bitter or better. And here's what happens when we choose to be better. There's a world out there right now that they're going nuts. They don't have any hope. Um, they're making really bad decisions. And the only thing that they will see is how you and I choose to live our life. So will we choose bitter or will we choose better? In other words, will your neighbors, will they say, you know, the Lord's with him. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to share with your people today. Lord, I, want, I don't want to reflect too much. But this is a great people. It's a great church. And God, I, I, um, I really wish I could just be with them today. But I, I know we will. I know we will. And I know that there's a purpose for all this. We can't see it yet. But there will be. And God, we, wanna, we don't want to live down in the pit, Lord. We, we want to have an attitude that is very positive. We want to work hard. We want to do our best in the situation we find ourselves in for your glory. And you'll, you promise that you'll be with us. We don't have to, have to worry about that. You promise, God, that you'll help us not to get caught up in ourselves where we're always angry, et cetera, et cetera. But even more importantly, God, you've promised that there is a purpose. You have a purpose for this. And we don't want to miss that. Not for our glory, but for your glory. So Lord, I pray, God, that you'd protect our people. You'd protect my church family. God, you'd put a shield of protection around them. You'd love them. You would pour out your spirit upon them. You would meet every need for those that are physically hurting, that are sick. Oh God, I ask you in Jesus' name to touch their bodies. Help us to be wise and to adhere to the words of our president and our governor and our county judge. Because Lord, I think that's the better way. That's the better way. We want to be good citizens. We want people to look and say, wow, you know, the Lord must really be with him. So thank you for the opportunities that are before us. And they may be months down the road, but, but that's okay, Lord. We want to bring you glory in this church. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys.